Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Biz How To. Welcome to the Breakfast Show. Deputy Prime Minister Heng Sui Kiat recently announced that statutory boards in Singapore will be required to publish annual sustainability disclosures for financial years that begin April the 1st, 2024 onwards. Industry observers welcome the announcement, saying that having the public sector take the lead will drive other organisations in the private sector to emulate best practices. Companies say look long-term to 2030 and beyond and master the integration of environmental, social and governance risks and opportunities with commercial strategy will build the resilience to thrive over the next decade. So getting this integration right matters for C-suites and boards. So in today's Biz How-To segment, we talk about how exactly to do this. How do companies take that first step and get started? To help us out, we have Ali Mahu. He is the Senior Manager for Angie Impact, a sustainability and energy management consulting firm that focuses on helping organizations address ESG challenges. Good morning, Elaine. Thanks for joining us today. Morning, Ryan. Very good to be here this morning. All right, let's talk about what you're observing right now when it comes to the current state of companies integrating ESG practices into their core business operations in Singapore and the region. Where are we right now when it comes to that journey? Right, I've been in uh, Singapore for just over four years now and there's been a fundamental shift in terms of how organizations in Singapore as well as in the region are really talking about sustainability and that has been pretty profound. I was quite excited arriving in Singapore to see everybody talking about ESG, uh, asking what it is and really trying to get into the nuts and bolts of it but really what was happening up front is really it was a lot about really just getting the sense of it, trying to understand how to report, really sort of the more starting points around it but what fundamentally you starting to see as organizations are talking about how do I actually embed ESG into what I do and yes Singapore had some grounds to catch up but really the pace that we're moving is very encouraging yeah so I suppose Singapore is leading on some fronts but if you compare it to elsewhere like in Europe it is a lot to catch up on that is that is right Uh, that is the right concurrent at this point but what I would say is that where organizations globally are moving is really to the hard part of it which comes to actually integrating and implementing all right so while Singapore is a little bit behind in a sense in some regards. I think there's still a lot of room to catch up and there's still a lot of time to catch up. Uh, Singapore, if we keep the pace we're going, uh, we'll see some exciting developments. Okay, so let's talk about what is making pace in terms of progress, some of the bright spots perhaps, um, in terms of companies seeing success. Where do you see these success case studies and which other parts perhaps are that are more challenging? Yeah, that's a great question. And I would say that uh, some of the sectors, we've seen some really encouraging things in Singapore. Uh, really, if you look at real estate, real pockets of excellence, technology, we've seen the same, finance institutions. These are some of the sectors, sectors just examples where this has been some real particular uh, sort of good examples. However, if you really take a step back on it, it's less about sectors and size of businesses. It's a little bit more around who are those businesses that got the right fundamentals down. So firstly, have they got their leadership on board? Do their leadership understand what sustainability is about at an intricate level? Do they have the right people in the business that really have the skills to do this? And do they have a clear plan? Uh, Getting those three things down are really some key fundamentals to allow for, let's say, organic uh, integration of ESG within the business. Mm. So it goes beyond the sector. It goes into the makeup of the company, the mindsets, the culture, and a lot of layers, I suppose. So if you're trying to get more ESG focus as a company, what should be your way forward? Great. I would say that there's probably a five-step framework. As any good consultant, I'm going to come forward with a, a, you know, a clear list of how to make this happen. A good blueprint. Right. <laughs> that's, that's one way to call it. And obviously, in reality, it doesn't always follow this clear set path. 
But generally what we recommend is start off, understand what is material to the business, what is absolutely important to you and the success of your organization and your stakeholder needs. So that's always going to be the first point. Once you've labeled that out, it's about coming together and working out what is the strategic ambition of the business. Okay, so using that example, let's say if I'm running a restaurant or a food empire, what would be then the material uh, part of it that I need to be aware of? Yeah, great question. I would say that material factors for a restaurant could be where am I getting my produce from? Uh, are those supply chains going to be affected? Uh, what do my customers expect? So it's going to be around quality of food. Um, and perhaps also it's going to be around um, how I stay on trend, how I'm ensuring that I'm ahead mm. of the pack with innovation. So that's three examples. Uh, every business has their own set and uh, they, they need to understand what that is. Great. So really going on from there, it's, it's about strategic ambition and getting alignment. So making sure that your leadership are all on board, see eye to eye and know where we want to go as a business and setting commitment. So commitment, that really means targets ultimately. So having strong ESG targets that reflect what your strategic ambition is. I think that's important, right? You need to be able to measure it in order to figure out if you're on track or making yeah. progress. Otherwise, it's just going to be a quite lofty goal. Let's be greener, but yeah. not figure out how green you want to be. Yeah. For sure. And it's not just about targets. Um, obviously, you need to have a clear roadmap pathway to achieving that target. And that's got to be supported by really good data. A lot of organizations in Singapore and the region are, have put a lot of emphasis on getting good data because this is often a, an early struggle point. So once you get that good data, it gives you the platform to make decisions and actually set a clear roadmap. Yeah, that's quite difficult, I suppose, because data can come in many forms. Different providers as well can sometimes give you conflicting data. Mm -hmm. Is that where we are right now? That is the case. And I think organizations are sort of grappling at the moment around just the 80-20 rule. At least get a general sense of, have I got most of the right dates in place to understand the magnitude of this? But then to actually get to day-to-day -day decision making, you need to get beyond the 80-20 rule. You need to get very granular information that is where there's one story. We don't want two different data sets uh, telling different stories. All right, so we've got three steps already. What is the fourth step? The fourth step is really around uh, getting to embedding implementation. So this is around creating the mechanisms within the business that allow for implementation to happen organically. So that methodological implementation. Okay, so let's unpack it. So what do we mean by bringing into the implementation stage for a company? Maybe I'll use the restaurant again. Yeah. So if we're talking about the restaurant, it's around how do we make sure that every restaurant employee has a responsibility for ESG. It's clear in their contract. They know what it is. Uh, they have their own personal targets. Ah, there. KPIs. KPIs, yes, for sure. And that's the one side of it. The other one is really around how do we actually measure the impact of ESG measures uh, in the terms of actual financial performance of the business. This helps you to weigh up pros and cons around different decisions on ESG. So almost tying your performance to your um, green goals or targets. Exactly. Tying it to that and then talking about how do those green goals actually contribute to business performance? What is the financial impact? Is, is quite crucial. All right, four steps so far. The fifth one. Fifth one, really, it's just being about open and transparent to what you're doing, uh, communicating with your stakeholders and aligning with them in terms of what is the way forward. And really what this is all about, it's, it's ensuring that everyone understands what you are as a business, understands the troubles you're having, the challenges, and understands what you're doing about it. And really, the, the bonus about really being open and transparent and sharing this with your stakeholders is that most of your stakeholders will have common objectives and challenges. So putting that out there, it allows you to find collaboration points. All right, when you mean stakeholders for a restaurant company, again, it's not just your staff, but yeah. also your investors and 
your customers as well? Your customers. So, for example, if your material topic is waste and you want to reduce waste, then working with your customers to reduce the amount um, of waste, you know, there, there's a clear collaboration point right there. And I suppose also bringing your story forth to make sure that yeah. it's known, right? It's not just enough to do it, but also to make sure people know you're doing it. 100%. So let's talk about the five steps you've mentioned so far. What would be usually the most challenging to implement? Yeah. So if we talk about uh, strategic alignment and commitment, um, I spoke to a, um, a peer of mine who works in mm. another organization in Singapore and they've been doing some very interesting work around setting their decarbonization target. And what struck me is he mentioned it took them about 200 meetings just to align on a final uh, decarbonization target. That shows a lot of effort. However, all that being said, I would say still the most difficult point if you look at the data really comes to the implementation. So NG Impact, actually, we released a, a survey early on the year, and we were showing that about two-thirds of um, 500, or we looked at 500 executives from the biggest businesses around the world, and two-thirds of the respondents said that they, they had a target around decarbonization, but they said that most of them had uh, really addressed most of the low-hanging fruit, but they'd only gone about 20% of the way to actually achieving their target. So really showing that when you get down to the nuts and bolts of actually making action happen, it, it's not easy and you need sort of strong data, strong foundations, strong roadmaps and plans uh, to get it right. All right, we are in conversation with Ale Mahu. He's the senior manager at NG Impact. You mentioned 200 meetings. So I'm trying to wrap my head around it. What are some of the common tension points? You know, what are people disagreeing on? Because it makes sense to go more ESG focused. Is there a tension between you know, short-term profits and long-term goals? How much has that come up? Yeah, that is a big point. And really, when you, especially when you look at industries that have, uh, let's say, uh, smaller margins. You know, when you talk about long-term investments, it, it's always a difficult case to put by. But really, if you look at the full spectrum of uh, the decision and what it means to the business, you, you need to weigh up the long-term impact over time to see if it really does make sense. So it's a lot about can we sacrifice today uh, to really sort of put the business in a good position going forward. Mm, and how do you typically sell this to companies? You know, some the folks who have successfully integrated ESG into their business yeah. model, what are benefits or value have they seen so far? Yeah. So a lot of them have seen um, really strong brand-related impacts. So it's about showing that we are a strong business that uh, understands what we are doing around uh, the impacts that we make. Uh, but also we are a business that really understands the risks and opportunities. So mm. showing that you've taken measures shows that you're a brand that really understands the risks and opportunities. We understand uh, the impact and what it means to our stakeholders and embed that. Uh, but the other side of it commonly quoted is that having strong ESG practices it allows you to actually bring good people into the business and retain the people. So creating that sense of pride, making sure your employees are really on board with what the business is about and believe in the, the fundamentals behind it. And in terms of opportunities, how much does that drive innovation, new business models, new revenue streams? Yeah, uh, that is uh, something that is coming up more and more. I'd say that uh, over the past few years, the lingo from talking just about risk through to opportunities has shifted. So I think organizations, as they started to look into this more, saw that, yes, there's ways to actually find benefit out of this. Uh, so definitely. And you, you see organizations where they don't see any real fundamental risks to themselves. They've got no regulatory obligation, but they're still doing this mm. because they see there's a clear advantage. Instead of moving away from compliance just to tick the boxes towards, hey, this is actually good for me. Yeah. 
I would say that moving away from compliance, uh, taking on uh, best practice in a way you want to do it allows you to do it in the most effective and impactful way. All right, a great overview for how businesses can integrate ESG into their policies. As well as operations, we've been chairman Elaine Mahieu. He is the Senior Manager for NG Impact. Elaine, thanks so much for your time this morning. Ryan, thank you very much. Good All to right. be here. Stay Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.